First, let me tell you about Sweatblock. If you've ever found yourself in the situation where you're in public and you have to walk around like a penguin with your arms down at your sides so no one sees that you're sweating through the armpits of your shirt, if you know what I mean there, uh, where you have to kind of wave at people with your hands down at your sides, if you do that, uh, you may want to try Sweatblock. Sweatblock has, uh, has a, they have these wipes that you apply at night uh, will literally protect you from embarrassing and uncomfortable sweat for days. I think it's like once a week you put these things on. Uh, Sweatblock was developed by a Harvard doctor who was tired of doing a presentation with, uh, you know, the, the whole situation going on with too much sweat with his shirts. Uh, and his problem became your solution. If you uh, like, uh, you know, um, having a shirt that's not stained and, and embarrassing yourself, uh, you want to try Sweatblock. They also have uh, antiperspirant as well. Uh, the deodorant stick is there. Give it a shot. 20% off at Sweatblock.com. The promo code is Beck. Sweatblock.com. Promo code is Beck. Or you can get it on Amazon. Lot to talk about today. It is Stu and eventually Pat Gray will be joining us as well in for Glenn back in just a second to start the show. going on today a lot to talk about it's Stu and pat gray in for glenn beck today i want to start with one of the strangest stories here over the past couple of weeks the sudden awakening of journalism around hunter biden we start there next If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Stu 
Stu in here for Glenn Backpack, right? Joining us here in just a minute. Glenn uh, will be back tomorrow. I believe he's recovering from a bender. He was on with Hunter Biden last night. And it's interesting to hear how that bender went because Hunter seems to be having a great old time. He's out in Malibu, paying 30000 a month for Secret Service to protect Hunter Biden, which is fascinating. I mean, he does have a lot of corrupt connections, so he probably does need the protection. Protection from himself is probably the number one priority if you want to make sure Hunter makes it through the next uh, few wonderful years of his art career. It's interesting to see the bizarre series of events that has led the mainstream media to change its approach to Hunter Biden from one of complete, complete, you know, just turning off all of the news to the point where the nation's oldest newspaper, the New York Post, was banned from Twitter. You could not post the link to the Hunter Biden laptop story back in the day, or you would get banned or censored or uh, shadow banned or whatever the policy of the day was. And as time went on, it became obvious this laptop was real. We need to look back, though, and remember, it wasn't just the laptop. The laptop was a big part of the evidence when it comes to Hunter Biden and the surrounding Biden crime family saga. But it was also witnesses, people who worked directly with Hunter Biden on these deals coming out publicly and telling the news, hey, I work with a guy. Here's what he did. We had emails from other children of high-powered Democrats like John Kerry. And we looked there and we saw there was evidence that something big had gone on. And even after the latest round of revelations, the Bidens are sticking to this line that Hunter Biden even didn't do anything wrong. Now, the media has decided to change where this line is drawn. They have decided... We're going to say, okay, Hunter, maybe he did do some shady stuff, but Joe Biden, he's totally clean. Don't worry about that at all. Don't you look there at all. It's a bad place to look. You are bad if you look there. What are you, a conspiracy theorist? Forget the fact that we told you you were a conspiracy theorist about Hunter Biden a couple weeks ago. But now we agree you were right on that one. But your new thing that Joe Biden is tied into this, that's the new conspiracy. And we're supposed to sit back and take this, I guess. Is this the sort of world you want? Is this the sort of media that you want? The New York Times came out, and they were the first ones, and they threw it in paragraph, I believe it was 17 of a news uh, story, where they said, hey, by the way, this is all, we know about this because uh, the, Hunter Biden had a laptop that he dropped off for computer repair. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. And uh, the, the emails have become public, and we've been able to confirm them. As if the, you know, half of the United States wasn't screaming about this a week before the election when it would have made a difference. And they hid it. Now the Washington Post has come out and they have also confirmed the laptop is real and confirmed these emails are real. And they've written multiple stories over just the past couple of days, including an editorial board uh, op-ed entitled The Hunter Biden Story is an Opportunity for a Reckoning. Now, when you hear that 
headline. What do you think? I, I mean, in a rational world, what this would be would be a giant apology to anybody who cared about their country. Hey, we had this opportunity. You had a choice to make on whether this was a corrupt guy coming into office in Joe Biden. We didn't give you that information. In fact, we intentionally suppressed it because we wanted the other guy. We wanted, we wanted him to win. We didn't want the other guy to win. We didn't like Donald Trump. So we intentionally suppressed it and didn't tell you about it and didn't look into it. We closed our eyes. We stuck our head in the sand and we hoped you didn't look there. Luckily, enough of you didn't. So now, two years later, we can tell you about it. That's what this should be. And it should be a moment of self-reflection for the media where they can stop. They can stop themselves and say, wait a minute. What are we doing here? Are we an arm of the Democratic Party or are we journalists? In a rational world, that's what this op-ed would be. An opportunity to say, hey, we screwed up. Here's our chance to make it better. We're going to try better in the in the future. And I think a lot of people on the conservative side look at this and say, first of all, obviously that's not going to happen. But secondly, it's they've always been this way. And I not sure about that. I think something has changed in the media. Now, the media has always been to the left. They've always been a collection of people who vote liberal. We've seen polls of newsrooms where you're talking 90%, 95% of people will vote for the Democratic candidate. They've always been liberal. But there has been this idea among journalists, and you look at a lot of the old school journalists, and this proves out, where they at least wanted to give the impression that they were doing journalism. They wanted you to think what they were doing was some sort of fair reporting on the news. They wanted you to believe that while sure they might be liberal in their personal life, they're looking at these things fairly and analyzing them so that you can understand and make your own decisions. It wasn't real, but they wanted you to believe it. And some of them had convinced themselves that, yeah, I see things through this prism, but I'm doing, uh, that's not my job. My job is not to be an opinion person. My job is to be a journalist and I'm going to come and I'm going to deliver the news. And it's impossible to remove your humanity out of that situation. As we know, you can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to be completely fair. I know I come at these stories and I see them uh, through a conservative prism and you probably do as well. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to admit, okay, I see the world as a better place with less government involvement. So I'm going to be more skeptical of a giant government program than a liberal might be. That's totally fine. And journalists used to be able to say, okay, well, we're at least trying. We're trying to do our best to, to tell the truth to the people. That is dead. Dead. And I'll tell you the exact moment it died. In November of 2016. When Hillary Clinton won, uh, lost that election and Donald Trump was announced as the winner, that's the moment it died. Because, and this is, I tell this to people all the time and they can't believe it. If you don't know people in the media, if you don't know liberals in the media, we know a bunch of them. We used to work at CNN, Headline News. We, we know people in this world. We have lots of contacts in the media. We have to talk to them all the time. They're wonderful, wonderful people, of course, in every cir circumstance. Uh, but... They blame themselves for Donald Trump. The one time they've taken responsibility for anything in their lives 
is Donald Trump. And they blame themselves for this. And the reason this is it, it's hard for people to wrap their arms around this, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to let you you may want to pull over to the side of the road. It may make you so angry that you just look for the nearest bridge abutment and drive into it. But what the, the, the media in these big cities believe is that in 2016, they were too tough on Hillary Clinton. This is really what they believe. They really think the 2016 election was a story of unfair treatment to Hillary Clinton because they focused too much on her email scandal and too much on her corruption. Now, that is the most disconnected from reality view that I can possibly imagine. They were not too difficult, too tough on Hillary Clinton. They were very, very tough on Donald Trump. But that's how they see the story. And so when we got to 2020, we're eight or nine days before the election, a laptop comes in admittedly strange circumstances. It's I mean, look, I can understand there being a little skepticism on Rudy Giuliani showing up with a laptop a week before the election saying it was left at a computer shop by Hunter Biden. I can understand why you might show a tad bit of skepticism as to the origin story of this laptop. But it's your job in the middle of the biggest story of anyone's lives to go and check on this laptop to see if it affects that big story of the election. It was, uh, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's all this stuff going on. Black Lives Matter has just happened. There's riots around the country. We have a presidential election and you get a big piece of evidence like this. And they decided we're not going to let 2016 happen again. We will not let it happen again under our watch. We are not going to tell people the story. We are intentionally going to suppress it. No one gets to hear this. We are not going to be responsible for another four years of Donald Trump. We are not going to tell the people, hey, look, maybe the Biden crime family is as corrupt as the Clinton crime family was. We don't want you thinking about that right before you go cast your vote. So let's not cover it at all. And so they suppressed this evidence brought not only by Rudy Giuliani, but but by the New York Post. And you might say, well, that's not a liberal newspaper. Well, I'm sorry, they're not liberal enough for you, but they're a, they're a uh, they're the nation's oldest newspaper. At the very least, you could allow them to tell their story and then critique it if you think there's a problem with it. NPR was out there saying, hey, we're not going to cover the Hunter Biden thing because we don't cover BS stories. And so the media made a decision. Not only are we going to do what we did last time with Hillary Clinton. Last time with Hillary Clinton, we went to the we I mean, you remember the stories about it. Yes, they reported on the email scandal, but then they told you why it didn't matter over and over and over and over again. That was them being too tough. They believe that just alerting people to the possibility of a story was too much information because you might make the wrong choice. We can't trust you with your vote. So they went the other way. They decided to completely hide this story from you for two years. Joe Biden has already been president. We're coming up on two years on this story. And they're finally getting around to telling you, oh, by the way, all of that was true. 
And there's really only one of three reasons why they're doing this right now. We'll get into those reasons coming up in just a second. First, I want to tell you about blinds.com. Whether it's, uh, you know, whether fast food, uh, you're thinking about where you're going to go get breakfast, whether it's where you want to eat for lunch, whether what fast food restaurant you're going to eat for dinner, all these decisions I go through every day, and they're very, very difficult. If you can't make decisions like that, you're going to love blinds.com. Blinds.com is the answer to these issues because they've got 40% savings uh, site-wide, and it can make your home into your dream home. It's amazing to see how big of a difference blinds can make in your home. We have two rooms now, or it's actually three rooms done with blinds.com. We just got another one done about three or four months ago, and the results are fantastic. Uh, Blinds.com makes it fast and easy. They can have someone help you measure it, or you can do it yourself. If you make a mistake, they can help you fix it. Uh, It's really, they do a great job. You can get installation uh, on unlimited windows for your entire home for just one low, low cost, They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. Go to blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% site-wide. Shop blinds.com for up to 40% off site-wide going on right now. Blinds.com, 35% off. Don't miss it. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds. Station ID. So the media makes such a big deal of coming up with a policy on Hunter Biden, which is, you know, head in the sand. We're not telling you anything. You don't see anything. Nothing to see here. Please go away. Why would they reverse that decision? Because they don't have to tell you about this. People are like, oh, now they have to talk about it. No, they don't. If they don't have to talk about this story a week before a presidential election, they never have to talk about it. They don't have to tell you. Why are they deciding to tell you now? Let me give you a couple of possibilities. Number one, Hunter Biden is on the verge of being indicted. And they don't feel like that story is going to get past you. (laughs) That's going to be a big one. And they don't think they can hide that one from you. They can hide speculation on evidence of a laptop. But when Hunter Biden is, you're seeing him all over social media being uh, arrested uh, or indicted, it's going to be difficult to hide that one. And this is the the theory put forward by uh, Peter Schweizer, the author, who just wrote a book. He has the laptop. He has access to multiple email accounts of people who uh, have given him access to these accounts to look at these emails. He just wrote a book about this. uh, And a lot of it has to do with the connections to China. Some of these connections have been confirmed by places like the Washington Post and the New York Times now after his book came out. And he believes that they have enough to indict him. This is happening, and now the media wants to get ahead of it. They want to say, yeah, no, we, we covered that. You know, We were the ones that we broke that story. We, we were out there. We were telling you all about it. Once we got confirmation, we just needed some time to confirm it, and now we've been out there. We've told you the story, and of course he's indicted. I will tell you this, though. It's not Joe Biden. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So that's option one. Hunter's on the verge of being indicted. Option two, the media is preparing to turn on Joe Biden. And you might say, well, the media never turns on a Democratic president, and that's a very good point. However, it was pretty special circumstance here. We have never seen a worse 15 months to start a presidency than the one we're seeing right now. This has been a catastrophe from day one. Nobody, I 
maybe he turns this around somehow. I don't know how. But we're talking about an approval rating that's already sinking into the 30s, and we're not even at the midterms yet. Picture a world where Republicans dominate the House in wave fashion, take the Senate back, and we're looking at a presidential election a couple of years away when you have a Democratic president who's in his late 70s, has a, a son who might implicate him in massive crimes internationally, you might say to yourself as a Democrat, look, let's be honest with ourselves. We're toast in 2024 if this guy runs. This might be the time to pressure him to say, you know what, Joe, you've got, you're such a great guy. You got so much going on with your family, though. And this is a time they need their father. Hunter needs you right now. And maybe this is the time you step away. Maybe you don't run for re-election. Maybe we give uh, another person a chance. Please get out of this house. This, this white house you've moved into, move into another house. Anywhere else in the country. There has to be a softening of the ground for that type of thing. And it's not guaranteed that that's going to happen. I mean, I think Biden wants to stay there and... You know, name recognition alone, he'll have a good chance of winning that nomination, no matter what his approval rating is among Democrats. But the way to get rid of him is for the media and the Democratic Party to pressure him to get out. He is very susceptible to pressure from the left, as we've seen over the first 15 months. And we're about to see on the border. And the third possibility is that the media suddenly realize that they treated Trump unfairly and will now make an attempt at actual journalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely zero chance that one is the, is the true option. There's no chance that's true. It would be nice if it were true. It would be rational if it were true. It would be just if it were true. But this is something the media cannot abide. They cannot say... They've made a mistake. In this op-ed, I talked to, to you about the Hunter Biden story as an opportunity for a reckoning. Sure, they say, maybe maybe we should have covered this slightly differently. The entire piece is justifying why they covered it the way that they did. Talking about why it was a rational choice to blame Russian disinformation for the laptop. They actually say that now. This isn't 2020. They're saying now it was a rational choice for them to blame Russian disinformation back in 2020. So the apology is not coming, boys and girls. What is coming here is one of the other two options. Either something is about to break with Hunter Biden in the near future, or there's a bit of a realization going on among Democrats that they might need to change course and change course fast. The Glenn Beck Program. Ever since he tried the Rough Greens for the first time, my dog, Uno, has changed. He's a completely different dog. I hear from people all the time in the audience. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some for themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for him. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor 
inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. So the New York Post got a hold of what was in the computer. And, um, you know, because the New York Post is a Republican paper. And the New York Times and the Washington Post are the Democrat paper. That's where we are again, kind of. And the Republican paper, Twitter wouldn't t- cancel their account. Can't even report on this story. And now two years later, the New York Times and the Washington Post have come around to say, okay, there was something there. Now, what I said at the beginning, how it came to them, it came to them through Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. So yes, of course, when Rudy Giuliani says, I've got some evidence, you take that with a giant thing of salt. (laughs) But, But not two years. It didn't take two years. It looks like the left-wing media just buried the story because it wasn't part of their narrative, and that's why people don't trust the media. <laughs> you have to love the crowd at the Bill Maher uh, show for HBO, where the only thing in that entire monologue they clap for is the one slap at Rudy Giuliani. Everything else is a slap at the media, how they didn't handle the Hunter Biden story. They are dead silent. And then he says one little throwaway line about Rudy Giuliani not being completely trustworthy as a campaign operative and there is where the crowd goes crazy. By the way, you can get a Hunter Biden laptop case at HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. It's uh, something you will enjoy, I think. HunterBidenLaptopCase.com is the place to go to get that. If, you're, if you want to have the ultimate in Hunter Biden wear, you'll, you'll enjoy that. HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. We are at, uh, we are talking about the media and we are talking about the way the entire media and not not to mention just the media but the republicans as well how they decide to react to these stories as they break and this goes to the katanji brown jackson saga as well katanji brown jackson of course is going to be uh, the nominee for the supreme court that is going to uh, happen she's going to get on the supreme court and that is a, that is a that's real. That's really going to happen. We taught we told you this at the very beginning. If you were expecting a real fight from Republicans on Katanji Brown Jackson, you were going to be bitterly disappointed. They were going to do a whole lot of nothing. There, of course, would be a couple of senators who would say some critical things. They weren't going to just sit there and act as if she was perfect. But there was never any chance that you were going to get a real fight from the Republicans on this one because they looked at the political realities and they tried to judge them. Judge them, And what they saw was that they could not stop Katanji Brown-Jackson basically no matter what. So they decided not really to try. That is essentially what you just saw happening. You read the stories about this and they act as if Brett Kavanaugh was nothing compared to what Katanji Brown-Jackson just went through. It's just, it's incredible to see the reaction to this. They didn't, as far as I know, and Pat Gray joins uh, the program. As far as I know, Pat, they didn't accuse Katanji Brown-Jackson of of rape. No, I didn't, I didn't hear him do that. I didn't hear that happen once. No. Mm -mm. Murder? No. Mm -mm. Uh, Embezzling funds. No. 
Any uh-huh. made up crime. What about um, uh, drinking too much in high school? Did they accuse her? No, of that? no, they did not. Did they ask her anything about her drinking habits? Not that I ever saw. She, she could be a uh-huh. raging alcoholic. Do she we know? Be. We don't know. We don't know. They didn't even ask about it. No. They basically didn't even come up. You had a couple of people like Ted Cruz who asked him some questions and Josh Hawley about about her uh, seemingly lenient sentences for child porn purveyors, which seems fair when you're talking about a judge (laughs) and some of her rulings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair game. And this was sort of portrayed as like, why are the Republicans saying she's in favor of child porn? Nobody's saying she's in favor of child porn. What they're saying is she, her judicial philosophy shows she's not tough on criminals, mm-hmm. especially serious ones. And that do we want that as, you know, the, the Supreme Court justice we're getting? Is that what we want? I'm going to say. I don't. I don't either. Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe we're in the minority. It's possible. Uh, because uh, she's going to skate right through. So Yeah, she's going to get through. And, and she's basically not, over. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. And not only the Joe Manchin vote to me, and, and Joe Manchin has held the line on a couple of small things here and there, but generally speaking, Joe Manchin will not save you. He will not be your savior. <laughs> that is true. He yeah. will not. He will and not y- come from the clouds. Interestingly, I remember you predicting that. <laughs> I just <laughs> that Joe Manchin would not save the day. He will not save the day. He will uh-huh. not come through the clouds with beams of sun behind him <laughs> to save the day. Now he might shave a couple of uh, dollars off of a you know a bill here and there. It's it's possible, but particularly when he's alone. He's not going to do that. He had Kirsten Cinema with him on Build Back Better, which still I think has a good chance of going through in some form, you know, scaled down form. I mean, Manchin has said he wants to he wants to spend $1.5 trillion. Yeah. This is not a guy who's holding the line on spending. He just didn't want to spend 3.5 because his state absolutely would hate him for it. So Manchin is not going to hold the line. That was the end of the actual drama to this hearing. The question now just was what Republicans were going to uh, go uh, the other way and vote for confirmation. And Pat, I, I've worked up a list here of the worst votes. All right. The worst votes for Republicans when it comes to this confirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Lindsey Graham. And I want to say, Lindsey Graham is voting against Katanji Brown-Jackson, okay? Mm-hmm. However, we have to be realistic about this. Lindsey Graham is terrible on these votes. He constantly is going the wrong way on them. He is a senator you do not need to tolerate in South Carolina. South Carolina could give you a good senator. You could have one that is good. And people like, oh, well, I liked Lindsey Graham in the the Kavanaugh hearings. And he was great in the Kavanaugh hearings. There's no doubt about it. This is when he shines. When he could make a big deal of himself and use that to raise funds. That's the Lindsey Graham Mm -hmm. guarantee. Mm -hmm. He will show up in those moments. And so now he's showing up uh, to oppose Katanji Brown-Jackson, not because he has any principle, because he has a personal relationship of sorts with another person who was in the final three, uh, Judge Childs, from South Carolina. And that's who he wanted. And he's mad he didn't get it. Because he, he said in advance he would vote for her. One of the uh, final three in joe biden's shortlist was from south carolina he came out publicly and advocated for her 
She did not get the nomination. His feelings are hurt. And now he's going the other way. That's Lindsey Graham. So he gets an honorable mention for me. Okay. Okay. So there's three Republicans that we believe are going to vote for Katanji Brown Jackson to get her through. So let me give you the most understandable. Okay. The least offensive to me. And that's Susan Collins. Susan Collins is from Maine. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a state that is, I, you might be able to convince me it's sort of purplish at times, but it certainly leans blue. A real conservative in Maine would have a tough time winning. Here is a case <laughs> where a political consideration, if you're going to make one and not vote on principle, which is what I would prefer, but if you're going to make a political consideration, you can make the argument this vote might actually help Susan Collins stay in the Senate. And while Susan Collins is a terrible senator, I mean, she's awful. She is barely a Republican. But as opposed to what you might have in Maine, if Collins were to lose, you could make an argument she's better than the alternative there. Mm -hmm. She's about as good as you're going to get in Maine. At least there's an argument to be made that that's true. And this vote may actually help her in Maine so she can say, I swear, she needs moderates there. She needs some liberals there to vote for her to win. So you can make the argument that that might actually help her stay in power. It's the most understandable of the three. Next up is Lisa Murkowski. This one's baffling. Somewhat baffling because she's in the middle of a primary battle. Right? She could lose the nomination. Now, she did lose the nomination a couple of uh, cycles ago. And she ran as a write-in candidate in the state. And her name is so well-known in the state that she actually won as a write-in candidate in one of the, I would say, one of the most incredible political achievements. Yeah, because that just doesn't happen. You, yeah, when you get to the write-in period, you just don't win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. To she might be people. the only U.S. senator to ever win a write-in campaign. That's a good question. Yeah, you might, you might be right on that. Yeah. I, I can't remember another one. Can't there was either. another, was it a congressman that did it recently? It does happen very occasionally but i don't think i've ever remembered a statewide race going that way i don't know i i don't yeah she won as a write-in because she it was during the tea party wave election and Mm -hmm. she uh, lost the primary to the tea party sort of candidate who then wound up uh losing to her and she didn't run as a democrat she ran as a i believe in an independent and won as a as a write-in candidate and won so she has real name recognition she might think she's safe but she is in the middle of a primary challenge in a likely Republican wave election year. And this is not going to help her in the primary. So it's not an understandable vote. I don't I don't see why she would do this other than the fact that she really is just uh, a left-leaning politician mm-hmm. who believes Katanji Brown-Jackson will probably be halfway decent. And, you know, there is this thing, and we've seen this before from senators, there's this um, thought that you should just approve the nominees of the president. Yeah, even Rand Paul. Rand Paul's has done talked that about a bunch that. of times. And now he's not in he this case. He thinks it's constitutional that you just Yeah. You basically just say yes unless it's really egregious. Right. Which this if one the I president think, wants somebody in there, you know, somewhat decent, just give it to him. You just give it to him. Especially in this case where it's not going to change the balance of the court. You're going from a, a hardcore liberal to a hardcore liberal. So the the thought is just give it to them. Mhm. Rand Paul did not go that way this time. It doesn't appear at least we, have, we don't have any official vote, but he's not announced anything of that effect. So Mur- Murkowski might just be that person. She just approves these things, and she's also on the left. But the gold medal, the number one, the unquestionable mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. worst mm-hmm. moment of this entire hearing mm-hmm. is, of course, <laughs> obviously, without a doubt, Mitt, Mitt Romney. Romney. Mitt Romney, a guy who's from freaking Utah, <laughs> a senator from Utah, a state that can give us someone like Mike Lee, mm-hmm. who's the best senator in the Senate. Mm-hmm. We can get that out of Utah. And instead, we have what I now believe is the worst senator in the Senate. Because, you know, oh, he's terrible. you could say Susan Collins has a worse, worse voting record, and you'd be right on that. Collins is worse when it comes to a voting record. Yeah, but, but again, coming from Utah. Maine, yeah. Come you on. can get a good senator out of you Utah. Could. And instead, you have Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. And what's completely inexcusable here is that Mitt Romney voted against her last time when she was up for just a federal court uh, so weird. gig. Yeah. He voted against her then. that wasn't that long ago. No. Right. Months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was months yeah. ago. Voted against her then and now voted for her. And, th- and this is the thing with Romney, which is so irritating, is where someone like Lindsey Graham will vote f- you know, for a Katanji Brown-Jackson when no one's paying attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when people are really looking at him, he's like, ah, crap, this is a big one. Everyone's going to remember this. I'm going to vote the right way this time. That's Lindsey Graham. Mitt mm-hmm. Romney's the opposite. I think Mitt Romney knows she's radical and voted against her last time because of it. But now when he's in the sunlight of the media and everyone's fawning on people who will go against the Republican grain, people notice now he wants that adoration from the media. He changes his vote to approving the nominee. Yep. Which is just despicable and it frankly is. pathetic. It's it a is. sad puppy dog that's been kicked by its owner too many times and keeps coming back, hoping this time they'll pet him. They're not going to pet you, man. They're going to leave you on the roof is what they're going to yeah, do. Nobody's going to pet <laughs> they're you. They're going to drive down the highway, <laughs> leaving you on the roof. Ugh. This is pathetic. Uh, let me tell you about uh, LifeLock. Your identity and your money belong to you. And you've worked hard to build up what you have. And no doubt, you'd probably like to keep it. It's a travesty that there are people whose goal uh, it is uh, to victimize people like you by stealing your identity. But it's also the cold, hard truth. This does happen. The best thing you can do is be prepared for it. And the best way I know to be prepared is to have LifeLock. It's vital to have online protection in this day and age. And that's what LifeLock is here for. They can't catch everything. Nobody can. But they can monitor uh, things better than you can on your own and better than anybody else. And if you do become a victim, their restoration specialists can help work with you to fix the problem quickly. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and you'll save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off at lifelock.com. The Glenn Back Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg making uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson's nomination. All about race, of course, because that's what everything is. Mm-hmm. Everything's all about race. It is. Yeah. Whether it is or not, it's about race. Everything is racist. Um, you can't. I guess you can't just oppose her based on her rulings over the years. You can't. 
just decide, okay, she's kind of an extremist. I really don't want her in there. You can't and, do that to a, a black Supreme Court nominee unless no. the name unless is it's Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Thomas yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then you can make up all kinds of stories oh, yeah. about things on Coke cans and yeah. all of that. You sure can. And, uh, and can still him, talk about it 30 years later. They're still trying to get him kicked off the Supreme Court now. Yeah, right. I mean, they're in the right, middle of saying, on, well, his wife texted somebody <clears throat> and we didn't like the text. <laughs> okay. That's about the substance of it, too. Yeah. And it, it, I'm He's sorry. Absolutely nothing wrong, and they're trying to get him kicked off the bench. I mean, do we do we uh do we go after uh Jackie Gray over Pat Gray's texts? No. No. You have independence as a spouse to be your own person, mm-hmm. and Jenny Thomas might believe things that Clarence Thomas doesn't. There's no yes. evidence that Clarence Thomas believes any of the things that Jenny Thomas says. Uh, especially when it is tied to January 6th, and they go back and they're like, look at this clip. This is from a speech in 2003 where Clarence Thomas says he loves his wife with all of his heart. <laughs> like, okay, right. that's and? what you say about yeah. your wife usually. Like, I don't is know why. Is that a crime you're... now? <laughs> to love your wife with all your heart? That's a Apparently. crime. Apparently, that's a crime. Jeez. Uh, but Whoopi's words were, this is the most ridiculous just say, I don't trust a black woman to do the job because I know y'all didn't have the same issues with Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. What about Clarence Thomas? Um, Did she mention that? No, all? she didn't mention Clarence, okay. Th- Clarence Thomas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not the color of the skin. Maybe not. Or, as you point out with Amy Coney Barrett, the gender either doesn't seem to be an issue. <laughs> right. So you're just saying it's just black women? Just black women. That's what it is. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Okay. that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yep. Uh, a fascinating development. Whoopi Goldberg always bringing the, uh, the intellect to the conversation. <laughs> Every time. (laughs) This is the Glenn Beck Program.